Craig Ritchie, thank you for coming on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, okay, so I actually, I've, I've been following your stuff for a while, like a while, while, because I think we both got into YouTube at a similar time. I think actually you got it into YouTube earlier than I did. Like you had switched over to CrossFit yeah. at the same time that I had kind yeah. of started with weightlifting. I was a bodybuilder. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about that. I, I don't. I want, I really want, so, so what was your, what was the brand like? Like what was the plan back when you started YouTube? Christian Guzman was my idol. You know him? Christian, yeah, Christian yeah, yeah, Guzman, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I always saw him do like amazing stuff on YouTube and I was like, I could do that. And I'm like, there's no English person doing it. So then I was like, I'll do it. And, and so you had a totally aesthetic basis for, for training. Like it was yeah. aesthetics only. Right? Yeah, I did bodybuilding. And it? I was severely ill. Really? That's why I don't like, that's why I don't talk about it as much because I dieted down. So I, I did this competition called Mr. University when I was at university yeah. and I dieted down and like won the show. But then mentally I got into this position where I was like, man, I'm so lean. And then I didn't eat again. And luckily pantomime, uh, girlfriend, yeah. she taught me how to eat again because I stayed too lean for too long and messed up all of my like, hormones. So that's like a time in my life that I was very proud of and then I, I went into a, a bad place. That's why I had to shift away from bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. So I actually have brought this up in a lot of different podcasts, body dysmorphia. Yeah. It's something that I never actually de dealt with at all because I was always performance-based. Yeah. So in high school and in college, I was playing sports. I was always an athletic guy. I don't even honestly feel like it was dysmorphia. I just feel like I got into such a routine of how I ate and how I just, you know, that's how I looked, that I didn't understand the underlying physiological effect that it was having on my body until it was too late. Yeah. You know, because when you diet down for a show, you can do it in a healthy-ish way, especially when you're, when you're natural, you can get to those low body fat levels, but once you've done the show, you have to come out of that and kind yeah, of rebound. Yeah, you just didn't let yourself and I just, out. I just didn't, I just kept on going like life how it was until I realized that I was like 20 years old and had like no sex drive and like yeah. you're at university, this peak of this time of like oh, American yeah. pie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, no, that, that, that should be the peak of your your male yeah. like. And so I, I, I'm like tired all the time and everything. So I go to the doctors and he's like, "Man, your testosterone doesn't exist." Like, yeah. and this is the reason why is because you're not eating. So that was like a dark time. That's why bodybuilding wow. for me has been like a past where I'm happy. I learned about it and I, I did what I did at the time, and like. You learn from everything you do. Yeah. But like that was, that's why I switched over to CrossFit and performance because I was like, I need to get away and I need to just eat and just train. And you found that that was easier to do through CrossFit yeah. and, and, it, and it mentally helped you out a lot just yeah. to like switch to performance. Yeah. Man, that is a crazy story. I think, I don't think I've told that properly in depth yeah. to anyone really. Well, well, because not many people have gone, I feel like, uh, maybe that, I think a lot of bodybuilders are too stubborn to go into performance. Because say that you do have a, a, an aesthetic physique, now you want to go, you, I guess maybe they go into to powerlifting or something like that. But it's like, you don't want to give up what you're already good at. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that it's hard to give up what you're already good at for health, you know? Um, bodybuilding is a strange one, isn't it? You know dude, what? it is. It,
Fucks with my head. It really. To the does. general public, you look healthy, but it's like so far from healthy. When you do it, like if you do it competitive, if you go into the gym every day, it's very good for you. I definitely recommend it, but just. I I, I just had I had uh, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. Yeah. You know, um, I had him, and we, and we talked a lot about this man. And I guess your your issue was more like this is the way that I'm gonna just live my life yeah. was just diet in this way. Yeah. But there had to have been an image associated with that, right? Like it had to have been a body image thing. Yeah. Well, at the time, especially like it was the peak of aesthetic times. You know when you used to go to all the trade shows and it was all all the supplements everywhere and everyone like was walking around was up at that point. with their nipples hanging out, you know, and it was like everyone was wearing fake tan. And I was one of those people too that you knew people were doing steroids and stuff, but you you just kind of naive to it. Yeah. So like you look at some people that were role models at the time and you're like you look back now and you're like you're definitely doing stuff. But like when I was there at the time, I'm like, no, no, I can achieve that, you right. know, and it's like... But I think that's cool, though. I think, like, for an 18-year-old, 20-year-old kid to be like, you know what, f*** it, I can do it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I struggle with the idea of everyone being open about use and then saying that that's the, ultimately the best thing. Like, yeah. is omission better? Is lying better? Or is just complete openness better? Yeah. And... I would not know how to answer that right. question. It's, it's hard. I wish every no, actually I do. I wish everyone was honest. So but I wish see, everyone that was on it would say, "Yeah, I'm on it." Uh, and I wish everyone. That but then, but then, would would kids not see that and just be like, "Oh, okay, well, I'll just do TRT at 18 or whatever," you know? It's like that's that's uh, the true. one that's the one thing where I'm like, is it a net positive for the Rock to say he's on drugs? Like, does it really? help that much and I don't know I don't know the answer to that it's like um, what came first the chicken or the egg yeah Mar uh, Mark Bell said um, he's like you know if we if if we tell kids if we're open about our steroid use and then we say be knowledgeable and don't do it um, it's like saying yeah hey don't go to the bar and get drunk even yeah. though last weekend I went to the bar got drunk and I pulled a smoking hot chick and yeah. we had sex it's well like done. yeah so like the kid the kid's gonna be like uh that whole not going to a bar thing and drinking thing i want to do that yeah. right because you know so you see someone like the rock he's like kids don't do drugs because if you do you could potentially end up like me who's a multi-millionaire with this body like yeah. literally the most famous person and i act the same in every movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same in every single movie oh man all right. Well, and then yeah, went from that to CrossFit and CrossFit. Then I fell in love with weightlifting. And do you think you're going to stick with weightlifting for a longer period of time? Do you have unfinished business or what? Oh, one million percent. So what I realized is I, I don't get satisfaction from winning anything. So like last year I won the British title and I it, the satisfaction was this big because I had numbers in my head that I wanted to hit and I didn't get anywhere near what I knew I could do. and it. But I would rather go to a small meet and heat and hit the numbers that I really want to hit. And like there my so in my head right now I want to snatch over 330 on the platform. Pounds. One, oh okay. So one one fifty. Over one fifty. On no, it's one fifty. I thought one fifty is three thirty-two. Oh it's three thirty. Yes, three thirty. And then I want to clean and jerk over four hundred pounds around like one just over one eighty yeah. on the platform. And if I did that at a small meet, 
or if I did that on the biggest stage, right. that is my fulfillment at the moment. That's what I'm chasing. Okay. Yeah. Which is just different. You know, yeah. like I see a yeah, lot of yeah. people go in it because they want to win this. I want to be this title. Yeah. I want to do this. For me yeah. right now, it's like, Jazz can tell you, I'm in the box every day going, these are the two numbers that I want to hit. This is what I'm every day working towards. Yeah. I can't, can wait till I hit them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for me right now, it's a strength-based thing, personally, I feel like. Like, I'm a very powerful athlete. I came from like a sprinting background and like technique is getting better week on week. But it's like now I'm, I'm finding that my strength, you know, compared to like these top guys in the category is just like, when, when I'm talking like raw strength, yeah. is my limiting factor. And what category are you in? 89 kilos. Okay. Yeah. Who Who is in that? What male uh, UK? No one really. Isn't there that one like kind of Italian name guy? Yes. What's his name? Dominic or something? Or uh, what? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is he in 89 or is he? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's British, just like, British weightlifting is a mess, man. Yeah. Like just from my well, I don't know if it's a mess or not a mess, but I'm just like, I'm not doing it for, I don't know. I'm doing it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such Fair. a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I when I started weightlifting, when I started CrossFit, I never once had numbers. Even there was a point where I thought numbers would be cool, but it was for me. It was like, I know I can just get better next week and next week and next week. So it was like, someone. I knew somebody who snatched uh, 125 or 275 pounds. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, but like, I don't care if I ever hit that. You know, I was just like, that sounds great, fine. But for me, at the time, I'm probably snatching, you know, 95 kilos. Like, I would like to snatch 100 kilos because that's the step that I go to, you know? I don't know, what's, what's your best snatch, 145? 146. 146. You should work on, yeah, you should work on 147. Yeah. And then work on 148. And then yeah. work on 149. I feel like that's you know? where motivation is such a different thing for different athletes. Yeah. You're like, I want to take this step, this step. Yeah. I've known for like the last six months that where my physical numbers can be. So it's like a different. That's where kids. You know what I mean? Who. Well, I guess I, I kind of want to change the uh, topic a little bit. Who motivates you? What motivates you? <laughs> Very deep, isn't it? Um, like, what do you see? What characteristics in somebody do you see? And you're like, wow, I need to be better. I just feel like sometimes for me, it's like hardworking, but then vulnerable. They're the two characteristics. I feel like every human being has a vulnerable side. And I feel like you should expose it at times to show that you're a real human. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I like seeing that in people, but then I also like the, this is great. You can bring this up with Matt. I beat him at a go-karting. I also like the competitive nature of people. So like Matt Fraser, we went go-karting with him and I, he overtook me on the track, fair play, whatever, you know, but we were going for fastest lap of the day. I said it and he nearly dragged me back in with my neck to go again because he's that competitive just in life. And I, I'm not like that but I can envy that, you know, like, I reckon if you played him at hide and seek, he would want to win. And I don't know if it's true with Matt, but I feel like Matt's want to win inspired me, but also I feel like he had it in his head that he didn't want to lose. Yeah. It was like... So I made a video, um, I don't know if you saw, but it was called the Toxic Winner Mindset. Did you check? Did you see that by any Probably chance? Probably not. It was with, it was with Michael Jordan. Like I use Michael Jordan. I use a, a bunch of 
instances of people um, and that there is a level of toxicity on a hyper winner's brain that they put on themselves. So if, if we look at myself as an example, I am I have low expectations, but really high standards. So my when I so when he goes out on a night out, he's having a blooming brilliant time. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so. So if you think about it, it's like I don't expect anything, but I want the best out of myself. So and, and I want small improvements and I want step by step, like as long as the line's going here. And I feel like that's the best advice you can give to the vast majority of people. Yeah. Even even big time winners can have that mindset yeah. because they're just continuing improving and continually working. As long as you know that it's gonna but, be like... But if you look at the hyper winners, Matt Fraser is a perfect example of this. He expects a lot of himself and he has high standards. Yeah. And when you expect a lot of yourself, you put an insane amount of stress and anxiety on yourself. Yeah. And that is something that when I watch Matt, when I interview or when I see interviews with him, I think it's palpable. Yeah. I can feel that. Yeah. He's like, you know how he's like, I always stress out of, like, did I do enough work? Yeah. Like I, if I didn't do enough work, that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. And, and I know you know for sure, more than a lot of people, that to be true. Yeah, and I'm not like that. Neither am I. Yeah. Neither am I, not at all. I like, I have expectations, I know where I want to be, and I know that I can get there, but I like to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you like to improve. Yeah. You like to smile. Enjoy life. Yeah. And like, I think travel, that, see people, hang out, get more fulfillment. Would you say Matt likes to do that, but yeah. when he's a competitor, he, he physically can allow himself yeah. to? So he's like torturing himself? In a way, but I mean, he's now, I mean, one of the goats. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it paid off. Yeah, for sure. Hard work pays off, dog. That's why he named it I've that. I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> so, but I, from, from your perspective of Matt, can you do, you, do you see those things or have you like been able to feel that? I just feel like he's a winner. You, you get it when you're with someone. You can understand, when you're with someone, you know that they're a winner. Yeah, and Within they're a gamer, gamers too, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm like... See, that's one of the things in CrossFit that I love is seeing guys. So I think a lot of times in CrossFit, there's some people who it's kind of a fringe sport and they realize like, wow, if I train really hard in this way um, and I do all of these things, like I can be much better than most of the people at my gym. Yeah. Um, but there is still competition. There's still the aspect of you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And what I love is seeing those people who are very, very good home gym CrossFitters go and try and compete and they lose to the good competitors. Yeah. So I always bring up Brent Fakowski as an example. I don't think he snatched over like 270 in preparation for the games. Uh, and then he snatches 300. And the good competitors are the ones that stick around. Yeah. You know, like you can look at the, the, like you look at Pat, you look at Brent, you look at Matt, you look at Ricky Garrard, you look at all these names that, that they're always at all these competitions and they're always at the top. They're the ones that, you know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I, I think uh, it's one thing I kind of want to, I think, I guess we could kind of end on this topic and it's the growth of CrossFit. And it's on a growth point at CrossFit right now, it's, it's on a knife edge.
But this morning we spoke to the CEO of CrossFit and there's a lot of uh, exciting things that are coming in the pipeline. Well, I, I wouldn't, let's just, let, how about not CrossFit as in the brand, yes. as in CrossFit HQ. I'm talking like this, Sport. like like this Wadapalooza thing, whatever. <laughs> like to me, we walked in here and I'm like, this is a fucking juggernaut. The amount of the amount of money being exchanged uh, for goods and services here at this location alone, and this happens multiple times a year. There's thousands and thousands of people who are maybe not doing CrossFit, but they know what CrossFit is, and they're doing. So it's definitely something that has grown a lot, and you hit it at right, the right at the right time. Yeah, I always say that I was I worked hard, but I was lucky. I honestly believe that because I, it was, I was lucky that I was transitioning from bodybuilding to CrossFit. Like I was like, I didn't intend to do it. I didn't go, oh, look at this sport growing. I want to do it. I was like, this, this sport is cool. I'm going to film me transition. And it was at the perfect time that CrossFit was like, whoop. And then no one else was doing any CrossFit sort of YouTube. So yes, I was super lucky that I did it at that time. But also we were on the road all the time. When we were at like our peak, we were doing like 100 flights a year to try and go with all these athletes, show all the events, show off all the cool stuff. Now we can sit back and chill a little bit and have a booth and do all that sort of stuff. You know, I think, yes, you were lucky, but I think you're much more compelling than a lot of people that have attempted to do what you did. And I think the, the original story, yeah, I, I really do, man, because the original, your original story that you, we opened this whole thing up with when you were like, uh, like I was ill and you weren't actually like bedridden ill, no, but like your brain, like he's fine. Yeah. Your, yeah. your head, your, you were not in a good place no. and this was your outlet. So you switched to CrossFit and you already had this kind of idea that you wanted to vlog and you wanted to create things. That's fucking compelling. And people, What's, what's crazy is a lot of people who consumed your stuff, they didn't even know about the aesthetic part of it. Um, so I think in that sense, you got lucky that you were able to pick those people up. But you're, uh, you, you already had this fitness background. Like it was exciting watching you improve. And I think ultimately that's, that's a big part of it. And then you put, put in the work. Yeah. Like flying to Dubai and shit. Just like, hanging out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I have my own style of making stuff too. It's like, I'm a people person and I'm a creator. How much, how much you've probably spent a lot of money on this channel, if you think about it. I mean, this stand was 45 grand. Right, so, okay. I mean, that's the start. Yeah. But that's, but this is more business oriented. Yeah. I would say before you, like before Hustle became like very big, you would fly to this place, fly to that place, fly Actually, to this place. No. We had no money for the first three years. Nothing. Yeah. So we would, Jazz was working a job I was working as a PT and we would just drive at the weekends to different boxes that invited us and I'd just make videos at our box and then like after a while we got lucky that we met Tia and Shane and Shane was watching the channel and he was like you should come to South Africa so then we made friends with Tia and Shane who then introduced us to Matt and it's then wild. it was more the it was more the fact of like we got lucky that Shane was watching so then we we're friends with Tia we were lucky that Tia was training with Matt at the time who introduces to Matt and then you know when you're with those two sort of people and they trust you and they're making videos with you then other athletes see you and they're like oh I see you from these people they trust you on making content with them can you make content with us and then that's when the video started to do better that's when the money started to come in and then we were like right we'll fly here there go there everywhere and we'll make content with everyone yeah. so yeah we did put money into the channel but not really for the first years because we both didn't have any money Jazz bought my first uh, 
There was one date that we went on that she paid for the food and I felt terrible. Man, Jazz, you're a legend. You brought my Nando's. Thank I'm talking you. about when you brought the Nando's <laughs> for me because I couldn't afford it. Yeah, literally. It's out again. Jazz is a legend. My well, grandpa bought my first camera. Your grandpa I couldn't, didn't. I couldn't afford my camera. I so I was like, I want to be a vlogger. And he was like, all right, I'll get you a, I think I'm, you a camera. I'm still using a camera that my, uh, my mom bought yeah. me. So it's crazy. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Um, Craig, thank you so much, man. We both started from the bottom and now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Only about halfway, but we can keep climbing. <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching. See you in the next one. Yes.